Hello, everyone, and welcome to Janky Engineering. I'm your host, Turbo. I'm your co-host, Buzz. And today, we will be focusing on mainly hardware and software that is of the particular jank variety. Ah, uh, yes, the the usual. Yeah, it, it's like the... It's like the, the jankiness, but, you know, software, because, you know, there's... I find that although hardware is more of a physical jank, there is also a, a virtual jank that can occur. Oh, yeah. Unreadable code is far too common. Yeah. Um, so over the past few weeks, as you know, um, well, Buzz, you know, I've been working on a, a 6-bit CPU and a, a 8-bit CPU that's uh, Ben Eater's design mostly i've modified it a little bit um and it was for a school project so i ended up uh, building a case for it in construction tech and essentially every time i would slide it into the case it would stop working and i remember sending you some pictures of like um the case like pretty much all together and i'd stick it in there and then i just get garbage on the lcd because the whole data bus is yeah what was it was it what was it shorting against was there like a metal back or was it just like squishing the wires the yeah but the whole the back is completely uh made of wood it's like a i don't know it's like a pre-finished it's kind of cheating but it's like a (laughs) pre-finished yeah quarter inch plywood that's kind of laminated right yeah but um it's made of cut up ide cable as you know that's point-to-point point solder. Only, so the, only the finest. Only the finest bus connections, <laughs> yes. Um, so when it when it gets when it goes into the case, it actually was getting squished against the other wires, uh, kind of. Yeah. And so I was just, or it was just like not connecting at all. So my solution to that was literally just to take a hot glue gun and just hot glue the whole bus down. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, insulation. I I mean, hot glue is just like the liquid electrical tape to me you know what i mean yeah hot glue is is like it's up there with wd-40 and duct tape (laughs) there's like that that chart that's like you know um how to how to maintain anything is it supposed to move no is it moving yes use duct tape (laughs) oh yeah yeah except replace that with hot glue yeah and is it electrically conductive yeah because if it's you know Pretty much. I also use that for um, some rewirable ROM that I made. I used a, a telephone punchdown. Do you remember that? Um, I don't know what a telephone punchdown is. Ah, okay. Well, um, essentially I made rewirable ROM, diode ROM, where you would hook the LED leads. You'd use LEDs. Oh, yeah, diodes. yeah. And um, a telephone punchdown block is like in a telephone cabinet where they make all the connections to the landlines and stuff. It's like a giant terminal block. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Except it, like, you just push the wire into it and it cuts through the insulation and punches. You just use a punchdown tool. Interesting. Right? Except I just wrapped it around with a pair of tweezers. <laughs> I hawkalooed the whole back of that thing to stop it from. Oh shooting. god, amazing. <laughs> yeah, so that actually hawkalooing the back of it completely fixed the issue on that project. I probably should go back and redo that, to be honest. But it's like trying to do anything in the back of it. It's just complete spaghetti. Like the entire back is covered in point-to-point wires. Yeah. Terrible. A perfect match for your for your six-bit computer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my six-bit design is janky anyway. Like, um, I mean, I'm sure you know some of the issues that it has. Like, you know, the fact that you can only load into the A register. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the output is like only valid for one clock cycle yeah. and then it will all go it'll all be set to zero 
Yeah, well, at least you're not having some of the issues you had before, where, where like, you'd lift up the board and it would stop working. <laughs> oh, it was, I literally made a button, I swear. Like, I'd, I'd set the board down, or, like, oh a tilt switch or something. I set the board down. <laughs> stop working. Pick it up, it started working again. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it was... I, yeah, it was making a switch. And that's your input. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, so then I started working on, um, well, I, I kind of finished that or I set it aside so I could uh, work on, and I wanted to get back into some Tetris code that I wrote, um, which is terrible in itself. Tetris is hard to write in assembly. Yeah. Um, I find at least, I mean, I'm working on it. Um, I went to pull out my, my 8-bit computer and it like wouldn't do anything. It, I wouldn't get an image. Well, I got an image, but it just like... It wouldn't even, like, I ran the basic I.O. test where it just turns on all the I.O. pins, and I got nothing. Mm. So, yeah, anyway, long story short, I had to reflow literally all of the solder on the back of it. Oh, and God. I mean, like, all of it in order to get it. And it would, like, I'd do a bunch of reflow, and then it would kind of start working. Like, I'd get output, and then I would kind of start to see, like, signs of life from the graphics card. And there was one point where it worked fine. If it was sitting on the edge of the desk, <laughs> like... Half the board's weight was off of it, so it would kind of... The weight of the PCB would squish it down. <laughs> yeah, with janky connections, there's always issues like that. Or, like, uh, yeah. sometimes it'll work, and then you'll, like, touch it, and it'll ground something through your body and stop working. Oh, especially RF stuff. That stuff's prone to noise and things. Yeah, yeah, but even digital stuff yeah. with, like, yeah, you know, floating digital. pins. And... That's true. Um, I know, like, I have a logic probe that my uh, teacher provided to me, and if I put it, like, on top of my soldering st soldering iron station, it actually emits a signal that my circuits can pick up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll actually see it pulse high and low from, like, some sort of, um, I don't know, maybe PWM or something from the soldering iron. Ah, uh, yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. But anyway, I reflowed the whole back of that board... I got down to it, and then it just suddenly stopped working. And I was like, what the heck? What, what's going on, right? It turns out that, essentially, I went through the whole thing, and I was like, okay, do I even have, like, GPU clock? Well, I probed a little jumper, because I have a little removable jumper, so I could, like, feed in a separate clock if I wanted to. I probed it with a multimeter, and it started working again. <laughs> so that little jumper was loose. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that, that was a headache and a half, but... Oh, and then when I was reflowing, a ground wire popped out, which, like, made half of my graphics card have no ground on it, which is, you know... <laughs> oh, jeez. Couldn't expect it to work in that case. Yeah, probably not. Although... Like, why do I have 2.8 volts on, like, the, you know, the cross VCC and ground on the chip? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I have below... seen chips, though. Like, um, I have these little, like, Texas Instruments, like, integrated LED displays where, like, they take binary... Um, and for oh, some right. reason, you don't have to supply power and ground to those. Like, they will kind of work if you don't. Oh, like the LED will half light up? Um, no. Or do you mean the chip Like, the, the chip will function somehow. Like, the decoding chip. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why huh. that is, but it's interesting. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I know, I've seen instances of, like, LEDs half lighting up. Like, if I touch an LED with my soldering iron, it kind of light up sometimes. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, it's grounding itself through something. Yeah, who knows, but, yeah. I mean, I also have a bad habit of, like, soldering on things while they're turned on, <laughs> which is not good. Yeah, no. But, 
Sometimes if it's like a quick fix, you know, it's fine. It's probably fine. Probably. It probably won't explode. No, no. Definitely not. Of course. So, apart from that, um, I've been looking for a 6502 emulator and that can basically run my CPU. It's a complete... It's not like a known hardware, you know what I mean, where somebody's written an yeah. emulator for it. Um, and I mean, both you, you've gone through CPU emulation, like you've written your own, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, it's not or, a great, it's not like a perfect emulation, but I did write a, uh, emulator for the computer I'm working on before. Right. Yeah. That's your 12 bit, 12 bit transistor. computer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially I found some open source software. Um, it's written in Java. I know absolutely nothing about Java. So I've been looking through how that operates and they've implemented um a via from uh 65 co22 i think it is am i right on that 65 i'm not 22, sure. basically yeah. it's the but essentially they have the code in there to do it but there's literally just case statements i showed you there's case statements that have literally nothing in them yeah yeah so so they like implemented this hardware but they never actually made it do anything so then I was um, trying to figure out how to get the uh, how to get like the GUI working and all that, and I'm just I I haven't used Java before. I know literally nothing about software design other than like lower level languages mm -hmm. and I guess a little bit of Lua from uh, Minecraft Open Computer. Um, but that's about it. So yeah, just casually yeah. reverse engineers open source software. Yeah. For the first time that I used Java, I decided to reverse engineer an open source CPU simulator and add extra hardware that originally wasn't there. Ah, uh, yes. That's pretty impressive, you know, getting that to work. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing that I do for, like, Arduino programming, and I guess Lua programming, too, is you just kind of look at examples and stuff. Yeah, copy what except works. Except instead of having examples, I looked at the other bits of code yeah. and tried to figure out how it worked. So I think I have kind of an understanding of how, like, I don't necessarily know the CPU emulation, but I know some of the graphics part of it and some of the some of the stuff. I can get, like, the data from the data bus and I can get the address from the, well, you know, virtual address bus and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it's kind of it's interesting to think about emulating CPUs and using memory that's, like, running on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like emulating yeah. memory emulating memory using memory that's running on a computer but you're simulating a cpu <laughs> or you like emulate a cpu bus with memory as well you know what i mean yeah it's just just wacky to think about yeah emulation's wacky janky even janky even? perhaps yeah so software jank what do you what do you got for software jank um, talking about poorly commented code yeah i mean i am i also have bad habits of you know not commenting code and then you know once you go back to it you have no idea what it does but um so that, sorry. what were you saying assembly is super bad for this because i tend to like comment the super complex parts but then nothing else has comments <laughs> so like yeah. i'll say like oh like you know i have like a set background color right and I have, like, all the complex parts 
commented, but I don't actually know how to use how to actually use that subroutine that I made because oh, it has no yeah. comments on how to actually use it. So you just have like very general statements about what stuff does. Yeah, it's like you know, this sets the VRAM pointer, and then this loops over every pixel, or you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, when you're writing it, it feels like, oh, yeah, of course, this is obvious. But then you come back to it later, and it's like, oh, God, yeah. what was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> because, what have you I know, done? you work on it for, like, a week at a time, and then you're, like, you you have it, like, ingrained in your brain exactly how everything works. Yeah. And then you come back, and it's all gone. Yeah. You think, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll remember later, totally. Of course, of course. <laughs> no. Just memorize no, every aspect of this program. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, uh, like... I'm in a you know computer science A class at uh, at my school, and we're actually yeah. we're also doing Java, um, okay. but it's kind of boring at times. So I just like to make the code as like horrible as possible. So for example, I, I wonder has your or... teacher marked any of that? Uh, yes, I think so. And and do they like your solution? <laughs> no, they don't like like do you get a lower grade because of it or is it just no like it has no it, it just you know it does what it's supposed to i guess so can't right so they that. can't really fault you on that yeah but like, like, do you have a particular example of that? yeah so like um you know how how like for loops have three parts they have like you define the variable and like a starting point and then you have a yeah. condition and then you have like increment then, or decrement or whatever yeah a step a um, step value well, it doesn't, like, really matter what you put in any of those, except for the condition, of course. So I kind of just tried to put all of the code in, like, the third segment where you'd normally, like, increment the, the counter variable or whatever and then just have right. no body of code. <laughs> oh, so it's like a for loop that's, like, completely squished together? Yes. I. It's horrible. Oh no! So it's probably like three or four lines of code. There. No, no, it's it's just one line. It's all in oh. just in the parentheses. Jeez! So your entire code is just one for statement. Yeah. Like for loop. Oh no! Yeah. Talk about like in readability, like that's. Yeah, it would have been significantly easier to just do it the normal good way, but yeah, that's, that's I mean not that reminds fun. me of like my uh, we had a competition in the class for like who could write the smallest program. And it was for, um, I was running it on a Raspberry Pi. We had to interface to a 74595 8-bit shift register. Um, and the way that I did it was like bit shifting. Like I used it, I pretended that I was actually working with an 8-bit computer. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So I just like raw bit banged it and used like python as if it were assembly it was really horrible anyway i ended up getting the least number of lines of code because of that oh my god because other people were like using I, I honestly i had no clue how but they were like using a string array and like indexing it or something yeah probably but huh like i just used bit shift <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like trying to use python like that must be horrible uh, it worked i just needed to like look up how to use the i mean because you're trying to use a high level language to do lower level yeah. tasks right it's just it's not it can do it it's just not inherently designed for it yeah right i mean i've i've had like similar tasks in my like earlier programming classes 
Um, but we we always did like code.org stuff if if you were familiar with that. I am not. Uh, it's just like you know online coding class thing. It's like right, a curriculum. Like a web-hosted yeah, thing. like little challenges yeah, cool. or whatever. But um, so for some parts of the challenge, they would be like, okay, don't use loops or whatever because we haven't taught you that yet. So they right. they wouldn't let you use like for loops, but then they just left out blocking while loops right. and so everyone was like oh yeah i got mine done in 50 lines of code or whatever i was like yeah i got it done in 13 <laughs> oh wow okay wow so you just used a while loop yeah as a for loop. yeah so i kind of cheated nice. but like it she well, didn't care the the teacher if they didn't if they didn't say you couldn't use it and if it wasn't blocked then why not right yeah just cheating the system yeah just just you know work around yeah loophole <laughs> Yeah, I've never. I, there was somebody. Oh, there was somebody who wrote an entire traffic light control program in the least number of code lines of code for the Raspberry Pi, and it was just a giant array. I have no oh, clue how no. they did it. Oh no! All of the control, all of the logic, everything was like this giant array and a little oh, bit of control I logic to read from the from the array. Well, was yeah, it just it was... like incrementing through an array of like hard coded values? Yeah, exactly. It was oh, just a massive that's array so of values. Bad. It's so bad, but like <laughs> least number of lines of code because it technically counts as one line, right? Oh god. I mean, in most languages you can just put as many lines of code as you want on one line, just separate them with semicolons. Yeah, so that's where the rule kind of Yeah. That it's hard to, to you know determine that and there's even a way in Python that you can like write all of your commands on one line. Yeah. using like characters and things and there's definitely ways around that you know what i mean yeah but i feel like i feel like a lot of people try to aim for for like low line counts but that's not what you want like you just want readable code that's efficient. readable code that's like somewhat efficient yeah you know? and you know like, having fewer lines doesn't mean you're less efficient it just means you know you maybe have more white space or whatever that's yeah, not bad exactly. inherently yeah because that's, that's true like lesser code could take longer to execute as well yeah yeah i mean it's probably they're probably related you know line count versus cycle time yeah i mean there's some correlation of course but like you know a before loop that iterates a billion times or whatever is only one line right but it yeah so that's where like cycle time analysis and stuff yeah it's kind of like 6502 like timing is all based off of that cycle time count Mm-hmm. to you know delay you literally just make the cpu do random stuff for a certain amount of time <laughs> i don't know about random stuff i mean I'm, okay like usually it's a no up but like if you need if you need yeah you can just make it do whatever right yeah yeah there's um an avr uh loop calc time loop calculator that literally does random things <laughs> what? so why because like sometimes you need like a you need like three extra clock cycles oh, or two extra clock well, yeah, cycles. That's you know? that's fair. Yeah. Well, that's gonna end it for this episode of Janky Engineer. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.